Welcome to Power Suits and Pillow Talk, where professional success meets personal liberation. I'm Jen Koken, and alongside me is the extraordinary Lori Handlers. In each episode, we journey into the duality of modern women who want to conquer corporate barriers by day and dispel bedroom myths by night. We celebrate these powerhouse women, the ones who are redefining success professionally and personally. Join us for an exciting exploration into empowerment, breaking boundaries, and unabashedly embracing all facets of womanhood. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Power Suits and Pillow Talk with myself, Lori Handlers, Jen Koken. That's me. And our guest today, Dr. Sadie Allison. Hey. Welcome to our show. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> me too. So, um, so Sadie, I'm going to say a few things about you. I did actually read your formal bio, but I know you also. So it's like it's 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 half of one, half of the fifty percent of one, and half a dozen of the other. I, I didn't say that right, but anyway. I know um, what you mean. Yeah, so I want you all to meet my friend, Dr. Sadie Allison, and I we we developed a friendship after meeting on a panel during the COVID pandemic. We were on a panel about love and sex, and uh, I, I we both found each other interesting, fascinating. We and she had a product that I had to find out about. So over time, we've developed a friendship, and um, and also you've heard about this product on this very show and you've heard about it on my other show sex and happiness and you've heard about it on anything else that i've done and so i'll just start there i'll say that sadie is the creator of go love cbd which is we she has to call it a serum but i can call it a lube mm -hmm. like because i'm not part of the company and i can just say that it's for women of a certain age and men too, because it makes them feel good. It makes our linings feel so good because it has CBD in it. And so it's so good for our skin, inner lining and outer lining. And it just feels great. So it's been my go-to sex lube since I met Sadie. I, she sent me like a bunch of samples and I went crazy. I gave them out of my workshops. And... Uh, like I just think it's the top product on the on the market today. So Sadie, thank you for being so creative. <laughs> and, and then she shared it with me, and I immediately bought it. The woman who hadn't <laughs> had sex in three years, and the first time I had it, it was like somebody was sticking a dagger in my vagina. And then I used the lube. Number four. Well. Okay. We're going to talk. So I want to talk about vaginas on yeah. the call because right. I've got questions from people about vaginas of women of a certain age or vaginas of and any woman kind of like premenopause, perimenopausal, going through menopause, postmenopause, what's happening, et cetera. But before that, I don't want to just launch into the questions because no. I'm so excited. So I also want to I want to also say more about Sadie. So I'm Please. holding her books. She has six best-selling books on sex she she owns the trademark of tickle kitty which in under which she produced these books things like tickle your fancy undercover clitoris ride em cowgirl 
<laughs> tickle his pickle. <laughs> tickle my tush. I love that one. And toygasms. Love so it. I, I'm saying all this to say to you, I'm, we're, Jen and I are in the presence of a prolific author and creator, a woman who knows how to wear a power suit and a woman who knows something about pillow talk. And so you're the perfect guest for us. Um, and that's really what I wanted to say. And I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Oh, thank you so much. What a sweet introduction. Thank you. And thank she's you. helped millions with all her books and she has her own, right? Sex toy boutique. Am that's I right, right about that? Tickle, yeah. Ticklekitty.com. That's right. Ooh, yeah. So get your sex toys, people, and your CBD love. And I think if you use, didn't we create a code? We can say it at the end too, but we'll put it in the show notes. Our code is, our code is, it's yeah, 15% off at ticklekitty.com for your sex toys or at golovecbd.com, which is where you would get the CBD lube. So go to golovecbd.com, go to ticklekitty.com, put in the code pillow talk, get 15% and try some shizzle out. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, you'll, oh you'll have to say sphincter. Let's talk a little bit about how you got to be where you are. Like I, to me, you, that you do what you do is fascinating. And so I want to know, like, how did you, you know, decide in your life, okay, I'm going to be a sex goddess. I'm going to talk about the things that are unspeakable. And then to top it off, I'm going to make, uh, I'm gonna, and I'm going to make sex toys. And then I'm also going to make a lube that's going to save people's vaginas. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely an organic journey that happened to me really in an authentic way. When I was in high school, I was that outspoken girl that would talk about sex out loud to my friends, guys and girls. I was I'm going like this. Yeah. I'm going like this on these on the on the Zoom things because I think that we three have that in common. Yeah, yeah, you were you were those ladies too. I think every <laughs> woman out there can uh, immediately remember who that girl was in high school that used to talk about. <laughs> So I was uninhibited. I wasn't shy about it. Um, I grew up in the 70s in San Francisco. So my parents were hippies. They were passing around joints with their friends in the living room. And there was no shame around sex in my household. I found my dad's Playboy magazines. And it was like, you know, back then. So I um, was having a good time in high school. I was having sex. I was having orgasms. And as I spoke to my girlfriends about it, they would all tell me that they didn't enjoy sex. They never had an orgasm. And I found that so sad and I wanted to help. And so I started teaching my girlfriends how to go explore their own bodies and taught them how to have an orgasm and the things I would talk about really basic stuff that no one ever knew, which was you have a thing called a clitoris. Here's what it's all about. Here's where it's located. You'll want to use not just located in one spot, people. Yeah. Right. And you want to use lubrication and here's different ways to touch yourself to start and explore. And so by telling them this basic information and even more important than that was empowering them that, that it's okay for them to touch their bodies and to go explore and that sex is their natural birthright. So coming to them with that kind of confidence and the way I spoke about it so freely 
really made people open up and go, wow, well, if she's, that sounds, I guess it's okay. And if she's, she sounds like it, it's, she knows what she's talking about and it sounds like it feels good. I guess it's okay. Cause you know, as we know, so many girls grew up with negative shame around sexuality. And I did. I wasn't one of those girls. Oh, my I thought didn't, you were. No, my God. My mother never spoke to me about sex. She barely talked to me about my period. She left around the joy of sex and our bodies ourselves. Oh, right. Because right, she had too much baggage around speaking to me right. about it. So, it, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, mm -hmm, was in the dark. It's very common, very common. So in high school, my nickname was Little Dr. Ruth. I'll ask Sadie, she'll know when the sex questions came up. So <laughs> what I, what I realized is that I knew that by teaching a girl how to give herself an orgasm, that I was opening up a world of pleasure for her to go run along, be free, explore, and that I changed her sex life forever. And I really love giving people that gift. But what I realized was there was this thing called the gift of giving. And so not only did she get a gift from me, but then the fulfillment that I got by knowing I shared that with her and that mm. I was sharing and how I was sharing it was working that kept me fueled. So it was the gift of giving that kept me going. And so this was like a hobby of mine. This went on all through high school, through college, after college in the corporate world. And uh, one day I taught yet another friend how to orgasm. And I said, you know, maybe I should, I should write down what I'm saying to everybody and make a little pamphlet or something. And I can go to Kinko's. It was Kinko's back then. Right. <laughs> and photocopy it and I can hand it out to more women because I can't speak with everybody and I know people need this information because I had been doing this for so long so long story short from there I made it like an arts and crafts project to make a little pamphlet that would help people I'm like ah, maybe I'll put a couple drawings and maybe talk about sex toys three years later I had done so much research um, I read all the books I can find like sex for one by Betty Dotson every other book I can find on female self-pleasure. Um, I had a 30 page word document three years later. And I was saying, gosh, you know, there's so much great information that I learned along the way. And I know people need this because I learned so much stuff and I already knew more than everyone I spoke to. And I'm like, wow, you know how I can't consolidate this into like a little five page pamphlet. This could be a book or something. <laughs> and I said, can I make a book? Do I have to go to one of those big book companies or can I just do it myself and get a graphic designer and an editor and do that whole thing? And that's called self-publishing. <laughs> I didn't even know that term. This was back in two, you know, the late 90s or 2000 when this all came. Oh, wow. Out. So I ended up um, self-publishing my first book that's called Tickle Your Fancy, A Woman's Guide to Sexual Self-Pleasure. I printed 2000 copies and they were sitting in my living room, my little apartment on the floor. I was so proud that I finished it that um, I didn't even care how many I sold. And at the time I was in a job that I didn't enjoy and it was tearing me up. And I said, God, I need to get out of this, what I'm doing. Please let me sell these books as so long as I can just pay my rent and eat. That's all I ask if I could just sell enough books so that I don't have to do what I'm doing anymore and I can go and sell this book. And so I hit up the um, International Lingerie Show, which is one of the industry trade shows, met a buyer, got them to pick up a case, had him introduce me to some more buyers, and I put on my sales hat at that point because that was my background. So long story short, I ended up selling out of the 2,000 copies at that trade show. 
And I was, I quit my other job after three months of starting starting Tickle Kitty and went on from there. It really, I mean, it's just so, you were right in line with your purpose. Right. And I didn't even realize it. Right. That's the thing. You do what you love and you manifest. I wanted my own business. I mean, I'd go into the Borders bookstore and I'd sit in the business book section and I'd be going through the book, you know, 101 businesses to start at home today. Like, no, I'm not a gardening service, I'm not a copywriter or babysitter. And I, I would search and I wanted it. And I'm like, what would be good for me? And in the meantime, I was working on this little masturbation pamphlet idea. And then that ended up, you know, I realized, wow, I took the knowledge I had, put it into a product that I could actually go out and sell now. And that's when it started. And I ended up writing six books, selling 2 million copies from just getting out there and really just hustling, you know, as an entrepreneur. Wow. Such a good story. I love it. I love it. I couldn't wish for anything better. So Um, good. Well, also that you self-published in the 90s when that wasn't a thing. I mean, there was not a self-publishing industry. There was not Amazon to put your book on. There was none of those things. And you had to do cold calls and sales calls. I mean, that's definitely a commitment to something. That's right. This was before social media, before blogs, before eBooks. Before the internet. Before podcasts. Yeah. And before that. Yeah. So it it was definitely, it was a good time though, because I found my niche excuse me. And it was when there was a lot of women's home parties. This was before Amazon put them out of business. Um, and they did well in, in that environment because the books are really playful and accessible, small paragraphs, there's humor with illustrations. So it was just what people needed in, in the way of learning how to do sex techniques in the bedroom. And uh, it, it was definitely a great ride. And I ended up, you know, you're talking about cold calls. Um, I did a lot of morning drive radio interviews that that was the big craze back then this before streaming, of course. So I've done you know, over a thousand morning drive radio interviews. Over Those are great. Wonderful, wonderful. Congratulations oh, on, thank you. on being so prolific and making it happen. So, so good. Here's a question somebody did ask. Do you have a manual for our partners? So is there, of your six books, is there, are they geared toward women? Are they geared toward women and men? And either answer, what's the best one that you could say, yes, you should have your partner read this one or all of them? Well, all of them. Um, But (laughs) answer your direct question. I figured if you were going to say that, yeah. (laughs) Ride 'em Cowgirl is the book that's for couples. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so it's a positions guide with over 100 different position ideas that are practical, number one. So it's not Kama Sutra with positions most people can't get into, but ones that you can shift your body. And I talk about not just the position ideas along with an illustration that makes it easy to get into, but what do you do when you're in these positions that make you a good lover? Because I remember years ago, I would ask a guy, so was she good in bed? And he would say, oh, well, she was great, but Susie, the other day, she was like a dead fish. And I'm like, well, gosh, if you're both, if you're a missionary in both situations, what made the first girl so great and the other girl dead fish? Like, well, what are those small intricacies that you can do when you're in a position having sex that make it that much better? And so in Ride'em Cowgirl, I go into those details for, for men and women 
in all the different chapters on what to do with your eyes, what to do with your mouth and the sounds, what to do with your hands to make you a great lover versus just someone that's mediocre. I can't wait to get my care package with all the books. I'm like, I know my <laughs> reading list, but I have a feeling I'm going to get through it really quickly. <laughs> so excited for, I'm so excited for us. That's so great. Really, uh, really great. I love it. And so then you went on and you did, you got your doctorate in um, human sexology. Mm-hmm. You went to that, did you go to that, you went to the San Francisco school, it must have been in your backyard. Yes. Chad? Yes, McIlvaney, yes. I went to the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality here mm-hmm. in San Francisco, got my doctorate. Um, and what an interesting subject matter, because it opens your eyes to so many different areas of human sexuality than the space that I was in. Um, and yeah, I felt, I felt it was a good time. I was already, I already had three books at that time and I wanted to continue furthering my education to go beyond where I was. So I felt that that was important so that as I continued writing books, I was continue, con- continuing to learn along the way. There's mm-hmm. always things to learn. Yeah. Uh, so you, you wrote your first book in the nineties. It's now, you know, 2023 going into 2024. What's the has what's been the biggest shift you've seen in how we relate, how humans relate to sexuality? It seems to me the 70s and 60s were much freer than we are today, but I could be completely mistaken. So what's your perspective on that? I would say what I've seen is when, well, the Internet definitely opened up the lines of communication for people all over the world to really start being heard and expressing themselves to a point where people can find like minds and and people that are into the same things they're into and feel that they're not the only ones and they can talk to each other and get into these chat rooms back in the day. Um, but an even bigger shift than that is when social media started because now you've got people really forming these groups and having even a bigger platform to be able to have these conversations, to, to share ideas, to communicate and ask questions. So I would say social media is really where people were able to open up and be heard and create their own audiences and more friends and connect. So that's really when I saw everything boom and people mm. become more open and comfortable with themselves because normalizing all the different things and fetishes and fantasies that people have um, just kind of created a boom for openness and more exploration. Interesting. Yeah, despite the despite the the strict rules of certain social media platforms like Facebook, where there's um, you know there are there are bots that go around and make sure to not have certain words. Even despite all that, it's happening anyway. Yeah. People have found a way around it. They spell words differently or backwards or with uh-huh. three instead of E's. <laughs> different things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to speak in Morse code, but we know what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even, you know, now with, when COVID hit and all these um, acronyms and terms came about, like gender fluid, you know, I have a 17 year old daughter and she's teaching me things now about the culture of what sex and sexuality is like for the youth today. 
And, um, you know, it's a, it's a really big open landscape now where um, people don't identify based on their genitals. It's basically like, who am I attracted to mentally or spiritually or intellectually today? And that could be a penis owner or, or a vagina owner or what, what have you. So it's a really interesting time for the youth. And it's more of a hookup culture. So dating as we know it, you know, and going through the bases and having three dates first and those sort of things, it's not really like that anymore. They date less and they just kind of have casual hookups and it's totally normal and it's expected. Um, sadly, however, the common thing is a high school girl might give a blowjob to a guy and it's kind of expected and understood yeah. between both parties that that's kind of what happens a lot. Although there's a reciprocation isn't always there. Uh, he gets pleasure. He yeah. And it's, it's really sad. And that's just kind of like girls just feel like well, that's normal. That's just how it is. And so whenever I have the opportunity to share some knowledge and education around that, that it should be a mutually pleasurable experience and reciprocated. So my daughter, God bless her. She, she knows her body. Well, she's very comfortable. You know, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm -hmm. So she knows how to ask what she wants for what she wants in the bedroom and how to communicate her needs. So I'm, I'm happy that she's got a healthy sex life. Mm. I, I tell you the thing for me, because I'm, I've been single for quite some time. I mean, I, I, you know, I was married for a brief time. I always call it my practice marriage, but I was never that girl that was going to get married and have kids. It was wow. just, I've always been a, a free spirit and going, you know, it didn't bother me that I wasn't married or had had kids or anything like that. But I am one who from the get go will have a conversation around sex positivity and what's your relationship status and all those things. And what are you looking for? And what I have found, and I have yet to figure out how to navigate this. I've been interested to hear from both of you. The guys get turned on because I'm freely talking about sex and then expect that because I'm freely talking about sex, I'm going to have sex with them. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm having a conversation about sex and being free about it because I think that's how the world should be. I mean, you mm -hmm. said to me, oh, I was one of those people in high school. I wasn't then. I am now. I'm having that conversation because I think we should talk about, you know, what is your relationship status? Uh, what, how do you identify, uh, you know, what do you like sexually? What are your desires, your fears, your boundaries, all those things? Date one, maybe date two to have frank and open conversation. But I also am, if I'm not a hell yes, I'm a no. And I think the men are left so perplexed. Yeah. Well, I hope you find your hell yes. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would, to why would you be talking about it if you weren't interested in me and doing it with me? And it's like, well, dude, listen, if I might be interested in you, but I don't even know that yet until we have the conversation. Exactly. And till I find out what some of your ideas and thoughts are about it. It's not because, well, when we grew up, it was like, are, are, am I attracted to this person? Do they look good enough? Cause that's what people went on. They went on like survival of the species, like the person who looked like they, you know, could be the best hunter or the best, you know, whatever. Right. right. Did. But now it's more sapiosexual. It's exactly what Sadie was talking about. Like, Am I going to vibe with you? Well, I got to talk about it with you first to see if I'm even, if there's even a possibility of anything. And so it just means that you're more educated 
you know, in this particular, in this particular uh, realm, or realm, then yeah. then they are, and that, but they, you know, they may take that wrong because they don't, they figure you're going for it, right? Then you have to fight them off. <laughs> I, there was, oh my god. <laughs> What's that, Sadie? What did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lori, you're right on point with that. I, I totally agree. And I, I would like to add, I think that because so many women don't talk about sex, that when someone actually does, it's a, it's, it's very eye-opening for the guy, and it puts them in shock. And all of a sudden, they think, "Wow, if she's actually comfortable enough to talk about it," which I've never had anybody open up like this. Now I'm a little nervous, but. If she's comfortable enough, then she must be really open in the bedroom and be interested in having sex because she's probably really sexual if she can talk about this out loud. Right. So even though that might not be the right way to to react and to to hear what, what you're saying, I think that that's what a man might be thinking because it's such an anomaly to have a woman comfortably talk about it like that. Yeah, I get that. I think, I think what that's making me think about because I have a phone date with a guy later is to say, look, there's some things I want to talk about, but just because we're talking about this doesn't mean I'm looking to hop into bed with you because I have to have that mental connection and that long term connection. And I think for so long, women have been conditioned to please a man, just like you're talking about with your, your daughter and the women who it's expected for them to give a man a blow job. But what about our pleasure? We've been conditioned to that. To be able to say, look, I'm having this conversation because it's what works for me. And we may or may not progress towards sex, but I want to make sure that these things are answered and we're open about this so that all the cards are on the table because that makes me feel safe, which is what we're looking for anyway, is, is an experience of safety. Right. And just to see if there's a connection. I think introducing the topic of the conversation the way you just did, I think would be a great way to kind of set the stage so that guys have the right impression of your intentions in the conversation and maybe could be a little more at ease about rather than him thinking about, is he going to get sex with you? He can be thinking about, Oh, well, let me actually have an intelligent conversation about this, which is what she's saying she wants. Yeah, exactly. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to say that that has, what we're talking about is a lot of how Michael and I met. Oh. Like I actually did have that. I mean, I said to my, I'm the goddess. Like he said, he wanted to meet the goddess. And then I said, well, I am the goddess. So I'm, I'm getting in your way here and I'm stopping you in your tracks from going out the door. And then I said, and what you said made me a little wet. So like I caught his interest. And then we had the whole conversation about, you know, did you do landmark? Did you do this? What did you spend money on in terms of personal growth? Where's your head at? Do you know what Tantra is? Do you know what this is? So I didn't have like the formal conversation that you and I know, Jen, the RBDSMT conversation. I didn't have that with him in like that order, but I had the conversation with him that was like, okay, I'm into Tantra. By the way, I teach Tantra. Don't get any ideas yet. Let's talk about where we, who, we're, what we're committed to in our lives. Like if, if I, if I hadn't met you, like, what have you already done? And that was a yeah. huge conversation. And by, after the end of the conversation, which didn't take that long, it was like maybe 30 minutes, he said, should we date? And I said, yeah, I think we should date. And so, but it was, it was, it was a modified version of what you're talking about. Yeah. But I want to say something for our listeners. Lori no. Handler's got married. 
<laughs> on October 27th. Am I saying the date right? 28th. 28th. Yeah. At the age of? 75. For the wow. first time. For the first time. And her, her now husband <laughs> is 25 years younger than you? 21. Oh, yeah. 21 years. So I want to just say something about that because if you're a woman who like marriage is very important to you and you feel like you're dried up past your prime, yeah. fuck off with that shit. Like yeah. stop thinking that shit. Lori is an example of that. But more than that, and I bet Dr. Sadie can speak to this, which is we only dry out because we dry out. Like we do get dry at a certain point, the, the walls of the vaginal canal get thin, which is why we have CBD love serum, go, go love, go, go love. love CBD, sorry, go love CBD to assist with that. But my point is when we stay juicy, we stay juicy. Oh yeah. And, and then when we're juicy, we're attracting the energy of a man. Now you may not know how to navigate that because all of a sudden you're in your pleasure and you're in your sexuality and your sensuality. And then men are, are like, you know, sniffing around. I, I don't mean this degrading like a bunch of dogs with a woman in heat, but it's because we're attracting, you know, cause we're turned on. So we're attracting that. Then it's, do you have the tools to converse in a way to have conversation? So you can, as a female, allow the interaction and the relationship to go the way you want it to go so you feel safe which is the most important to th thing to us as women while at the same time pleasing your man from the perspective of visual and physical and the kind of conversations you have because men are so let me look at the package you know let me look at the thing kind of thing yep. mm -hmm. visual but i i want to make one correction i know that you think it's safe but michael actually did a study on this oh he did and Michael's her husband, for those that don't know, her now husband, and her 21 also, year younger husband. <laughs> and he's also he's also our tech for the show. He does all he our is. editing for the show. And we love him. He. <laughs> hey, Michael. <laughs> he has the most the most beautiful, sexy lips on a man I've ever seen. Oh, he's got great lips. The man has I great lips. Anything. Oh I, I love we're objectifying him. Anyway. He, um, <laughs> he's gonna be like turning beet red when he's when he's kissing, editing this thing is so important kissing is step one okay. oh yeah after the, did, after the conversation he did a study of uh what women find uh you know what was a what would it take to make a level 10 sexual experience for a woman and um women said the number one thing was presence yes so it's actually being if they can stay present in the conversation and not even be looking around at the waitress or the this or the that or what the food like it's about being present and then came safety was like two or three number two or three but i feel like those things are connected yeah they are yeah like if a man's present and has presence with me then i'm completely invested in this conversation and then I trust and my walls come down and I feel safe. So I think it's, yeah. 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 Beautiful. So, all right, let's talk about the, the factor of, um, as we age, um, I, no, I, and I don't want to only say that go love CBD should be for women of age. Like I think go love I, is a good product anyway. Yeah. Um, across the board but in particular for me i noticed that it just it made a difference i used i tried other lubes i tried water-based and 
uh, oil-based and cut and the and the silicone and yeah silicone I tried every kind of lube and nothing was quite like this but let's talk about what happens to women's um, bodies as they do age what kinds of things do they need to be looking for or I don't know Sadie I don't even know if you want to talk about this but I have a feeling that you know something more about this than both of us Sure. Um, well, what I can add is that first off, vaginal dryness ha can happen to women at all ages. There's girls in high school, college um, that just don't produce enough. You know, all of our bodies are unique. None of them work perfectly. Um, so even before middle age rolls around, when your estrogen drops, which is what causes the dryness, um, there's girls that have endometriosis, vaginismus. These are these are all um, medical conditions in the umbrella of dyspareunia, which means you can have painful sex from it. Um, so, you know, I'd like to dispel the myth that lube means that, you know, you're you're not enough or there's something wrong with you. Oh. you know, women and men out there, it's really something to help supplement what you have if you need it. And there's nothing wrong with it. And it makes sex so much better. And it's really about comfort because whether it's vaginal dryness, or you have a small vaginal opening, or you have one of these pain conditions, um, it's really, you know, a lot of women that have these things, they want to have intercourse and make love with their husbands, but it might hurt too much. And so it's okay to use lube. Um, and one of the reasons that I put CBD in the lubricant that I made, you know, and I worked for two years with a, a PhD formulation scientist to make a water-based lube with CBD, and the, the reason it was so challenging is because cannabis is not water soluble usually. Mm. So we had to figure out how can, how can we make a water base, which I felt was really important to keep it really clean um, for women, especially those that have sensitivities um, with the least amount of ingredients, no paraben, no glycerin, no ingredients that are um, arousers or anything that can cause irritation. So I wanted it as clean as possible. And so we had to figure out how to emulsify the CBD, how to stabilize it so it didn't all float to the top. And that took a lot of trials. And we finally came up with this really clean, wonderful water base with the CBD. And, you know, people asked me, why didn't I put THC in the lube, which is the psychoactive compound of cannabis. And that's the one that gets you high if you smoke a joint or something like that. So CBD does not get you high. And what it does do as a plant medicine is it's an anti-inflammatory and it's an anti-anxiety. So that's why you see so many CBD creams and lotions and balms for arthritis and different pain because the CBD is, has a natural acting anti-inflammatory property that actually helps reduce pain. So when you think about the three and four women that will experience sexual pain in their lifetime. Like that's such a huge number. I didn't even know that. Three out of four women? Yes. Wow. Will experience sexual pain at some point in their lives, whether that be from vaginal dryness during menopausal years, endometriosis, which is a, a big issue. One in 10 women have that and all the other ones. So um, three and four. So when you think about like, gosh, this can help support the pain and the inflammation um, that causes the pain. So the CBD can help reduce the pain and also the anti-anxiety properties. Because as we know, you guys know well just how many people ha have sexual anxiety in the bedroom. 
men and women. So women, it might be body image, maybe they don't like their breasts, so sex will only happen in the dark. Um, men might be thinking if their penis is too small or performance issues, am I going to give her an orgasm this time? And, you know, like those kind of things. And so, you know, premature ejaculation. And so the, the CBD helps women and men just kind of calm themselves. I, I looked at a, a survey recently that of 3,000 people, um, one in four women said they like to drink alcohol before sex because it helps them relax. And one in seven said they like to drink alcohol and it's hard for them to have sex with their significant other if they don't. Wow. And that's a huge number. So when you think about, wow, if CBD can give me that same kind of relaxation to kind of get me out of my head and into the present moment with my lover or my partner, way better option than alcohol, which we know is not healthy for us and it's toxic. So the Go Love CBD Lube has a lot of different purposes and a lot of health benefits and it's all plant-based and natural. But it also sounds like you didn't put THC in there because you, when you're less anxious and you know that it's going to help with the irritation, you're present. And mm -hmm. alcohol takes us out of being present and keeps us disconnected. Is that why you didn't create it with THC is to make yeah. sure people were present? Yep, absolutely. Two very, I mean, THC in a loop could be great too if you're looking more for to get high and kind of have that party kind of feeling. But my goal was to, one, provide comfort for women, help reduce any pain they might have so they can have intercourse comfortably. And when you know it's going to be comfortable, you can relax because if you're, if you're not using lube and you know it usually hurts and you're anticipating that pain, of course you're going to clench up and your pelvic muscles are going to get tight and you're going to go into it with a lot of hesitation. So who, who wants that? So I encourage women to whatever it is that you need, it's all about self-care and self-love. And these are just mm -hmm. products there to help support you in the bedroom and make sex, sex comfortable so you can have the intimacy and pleasure that you desire. Love it. Yay. I love that. I just love that. So good. So and that's actually what I, something along those lines is actually what I heard you say the first time I saw you. When we were on that panel together. You yeah. said something like that and I went, I have to know this person. That was just it. You, I, it was love at first sight. Uh, <laughs> I love what you said. I was so happy you reached out. So, and I, I love that we connected and that we're friends. I'm, I'm honored. Yeah. You're so good. So good. So yeah. what else, Jen? What else do you think? Like we, you know, what else do we need to tell our audience? Well, let's talk well, about why we're such proponents of masturbation and how women can this is the thing that always struck me like if we're you know if, if a lover if i felt my lover masturbating i would not think it was a bad thing like good for him that he's taking care of himself and pleasuring himself i wouldn't take it personally i wouldn't be like i must not be satisfying you and i think sometimes we as women feel like we're supposed to be giving all the time how do we take our right for pleasure back and masturbation back for us versus trying to be everything for the guy. Does that make sense? Or yeah. introduce it to yourself for the first time. There you go. I mean, even yeah. today, there's still so many women that have never masturbated and they're not comfortable with it. Uh, so many taboos around it because there's unfortunately so much sexual shame that a lot of us grew up with. It's, it's not, 
your fault that you feel the way you do. But now as adults and knowing better and all the information that's out there that can help us like, like this podcast, for example, and all the books and the videos and the courses, there is so much that we have now and resources to help us get past those hangups. Because once you do and you let go of the shame or the guilt and the messages that maybe you heard from your parents about how bad it is and you're going to go to hell and grow, grow hair on your palms and silly stuff. <laughs> like, that. like really we're, you know, we're way past that. We know better right. now. It's really just embracing it yourself and empowering yourself to know, you know what? I don't, you don't have to think negatively about self-pleasure anymore because really it's the foundation of a good sex life. It's the very really? first step is knowing yourself. And because women wait around for guys to give them orgasms. They don't always know what they're doing. More often than not, unfortunately, they haven't been educated either. So if if you don't know your own body, why would you expect someone else to know how you give you an orgasm? Yeah, so exactly. That, yeah, so that's square one is for women to take how, take their power back from all the negative messaging and make a choice that I'm... I, I know better, but it's been hard for me, but now I'm going to make it a priority and it's going to be something that I take baby steps and I work on slowly and I can find resources and support. I can talk to people and start to learn your body because once you know what you like, what arouses you, what gets you excited, what gets you wet, then you can take that to the bedroom with your partner and you can help guide them on how to touch you and what you like and ask them what they like and you can feel much more comfortable about it and you'll find when you just take those steps and you choose to be empowered and to practice self-love a whole the world is your oyster and you can open up to so much pleasure as well as giving more pleasure to your partner in a way you weren't comfortable with either so i mean it's just it's kind of like the domino effect you start with mm -hmm. yourself you get into that rhythm and then it goes from there and you'll find your whole sex life can, can turn around. And when your whole sex life turns around, you're ultimately happier. And when you're, and you're also your creative, your creativity opens up because the creativity is housed in the sacral chakra and it's, it's connected to the brain. So it opens up this whole world of creation and new things and ideas and formulations that never would have happened before. Like creation isn't only child bearing. Creation isn't only like procreation, it's creation of all right. sorts. Yeah. So it's a, you're talking about the panacea of life actually that opens up when people just find out what's going on with this beautiful thing they got called a body. The thing I love about what both of you are saying is that we can normalize having conversations. If we know what we want as a woman, a man knows what he wants, how he likes to be touched, how I like to be touched, and we normalize having conversations, we can then speak about this is the way I like to be touched. Would you be willing to touch me that way? You know, it's Betty Martin's, right, wheel of consent. Uh, how do you like to be touched? Yes, I'd be willing to touch you that way. And then the whole giving and receiving of pleasure becomes an actual giving and receiving of pleasure with a very intentional presence distinct from, oh, well, I know how to touch a girl because I've touched a girl once or I've touched a girl 50,000 times and every woman likes to be touched that way. One of the things that I discovered 
Dr. Sadie, when I did one of the courses that Lori teaches, is my armpit is an erogenous zone. Oh my gosh. And I was like, (laughs) who knew? Yes. I was like, oh my God. It's like someone touching my nipple. This is like, like, okay. Okay. This is, this is something. The power of exploration. Exactly. And I think that's incredibly empowering is when we, we got to take our power back by exploring ourselves so we can then communicate to our lovers what would please us because all we want to do is please each other really at the end of the day. And if you tell me, instead of leaving it up to whatever, in the dark, is what I like to say, yeah, leaving yep. it up to what? Fumbling in the dark. Fumbling in the dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, skyrighting, smoke signals. I don't know. I then... call it flying blind. Like flying blind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree with that. And one of the things I recommend couples do is mutual masturbation, which is mm-hmm. so fun. You know, the art of giving a hand job has been lost. It's such a pleasurable thing to receive from your partner, but very few people do it. Mm. And one of the one of the reasons that a lot of girls don't do it is because they're they're not sure how. They're like, well, how do you how do you really touch it? Like, I know you're supposed to do something, but you know, and how do you play with his balls? And, you know, people ask me questions like this. So I tell them, (laughs) Um, and then, you know, that's what I cover in my book, Tickle His Pickle. It's all about how to give a hand job and how to give good oral sex and all the other ancillary fun things that you can do. So I encourage couples to take turns doing mutual masturbation. So take 20 minutes where he's just relaxed and receiving and you're doing all the giving. And you'll find that you'll learn a lot of stuff, especially if you have open dialogue while you're doing it and let him direct you a little bit and open up that door of communication to where that's okay and it's well received. And don't feel threatened by it or insecure or like you're not doing it right. It's really a learning experience for you to know how to do it better because ultimately, like you said, Jen, we just wanna please each other at the end of the day. And then after the 20 minutes, you get to relax and kick back and receive a hand job or oral from him and encourage him to ask questions and guide him in a constructive way. Um, And then all of a sudden you'll learn so many new things about your partner just by doing that exercise. And you'll have pleasure, especially for women where you like people will do 69. That's there's a lot going on because you're like concentrating on receiving the pleasure, especially if you're trying to build up to an orgasm and you're focusing but then you're also giving orals and you're trying to like do the right technique. So that's, that's a lot going on. So that's very what... overrated. Very overrated. <laughs> I agree. Very overrated. I'm like, what, <laughs> what, 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 yeah. What, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that, Jen? Ooh, and the accidental gag. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so laying back and taking turns is a wonderful, romantic, intimate way to have a fun night. And that's that's something else people ask when they're in relationships for a long time and, and sex might get a little monotonous and you're doing the same thing in the same position. I think most of us have gone through that. So there's no magical cure. The thing to do is to incorporate new things into the bedroom. Look at she's getting hot. She's, <laughs> she's dripping down. Everything's well, the, the thing that I love about um, what you're saying is that the more we are open and sharing, and even if we start with mutual masturbation, then the more conversation 
that can be had about, you know what, I've been wanting to try this. I've been wanting to try that. Because sometimes, for myself included, it can become scary to articulate our fantasies. Yes. I What so. I suggest, yeah, people ask. It is hard, even for me at times. We, it's, I think we've all experienced that. Um, the first recommendation I have is to have those conversations outside the bedroom. There you go. When you're in a casual setting, it's about your tone and it's about the timing. So if you're on a walk together or maybe after the kids are off to school and, and you and your partner are at the kitchen table, it could be just a real casual setting. Um, not when you're extra tired, not when you're cranky, but so the timing is important. And you just bring it up casually, like you're talking about what you're going to have for dinner. And you can even say like, hey, hey, honey, I know we haven't had sex for a while. You know, we're, we're too tired at the end of the day, even though we said we were going to do it. And I noticed we haven't been having sex much lately. And I'm wondering if you'd be okay having a conversation about that, because I think it's an important part of our life. And it's part of an overall happiness in our lives. And I'd like to just check in with you and have a conversation with you. Would that be okay? Mm. And if you present it in that kind of way, where it's not like, hey, how come you're not, you know, so you don't want to make them feel like they're attacked or put them on guard, but you just present mm. it as a, would you be okay talking about this? And most people would be if you're approached in the right way, because yeah. they might be having the same thoughts too. Yeah. So I always like so important, so important. I also suggest that people make date nights mm -hmm. because in our busy lives, especially the women that listen to this show, I mean, they're all running companies or in the C-suite, you know, they, they are busy, they are productive, they are successful and, uh, or on their way to being. And the more, the more successful, et cetera, both partners are, and the more responsibilities that they have, plus whatever, if they have the family and everything else, there's like no time. And it's just as important to make a date and set that time as it is to have a, to have a business meeting with someone. That's right. And business women, they know better than anybody how important time management is, perseverance, working hard, seeing things through. So you take those same skill sets and you apply it to your love life. And if you make it a priority, you will put it on the schedule. Right. You will, you will do the research you might need to do. You will make find that time to have that conversation with your partner, just like you do in all the other areas of our life. You know, when you think about sexual wellness and health, we've, we talk about our mental health, our physical health, what we're eating, are we exercising, are we sleeping well, but we don't talk about sex. Well, right. it's we do because that's just as important as all those other things and when you incorporate it and you put it on the table on the round table and you make it one of those items that's a priority in life like taking care of your kids all of a sudden you'll have more pleasure and more happiness because it's part of a well-rounded life absolutely and you have to make you have to literally put it in your schedule oh it's not spontaneous guess what you put exercise in your schedule when you're going to go to the gym you, you know, right. you plan your meals for the week, plan your sex. Yes. For yes. 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 Or yes. self pleasure. If you're not partnered, plan your self pleasure. You plan for that. Sure. You know, an easy way to go with self pleasure is to take a waterproof vibrator in the shower with you. And for some women, it's their only alone time. Because when you've got a family and kids running around the house, when do you have time to just 
be by yourself. But we're all taking showers and there's a there's a plethora of wonderful waterproof toys that you can take right in there, handle your business. It's uh, you know, multitasking, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're about to close the show, but I wanted, because you've mentioned some of the books and and what they cover. So Tickle Your Fancy was your first book. That's really a, a guide for women to learn how to pleasure themselves. Am I right about That's that? Right. Okay, beautiful. And then Toygasm, I'm assuming it's about toys and kind of the insider's guide to toys. Right. Yes. Okay. Tickle is Pickle, all about how to give great hand jobs and blow jobs and all that kind of stuff. Prostate play, all the good stuff on the guy. And then write him cowgirl positions, a hundred different positions, not the Kama Sutra, but things that you don't have to be a gymnast or a, uh, what's that dance that everybody does where like they work. What is it? Twerking or Zumba? (laughs) Not Zumba. There was one like that, that they do it like interfusion that not bachata, but it's like one of these, it's really complex. Like I think it begins. It doesn't matter. Zook. 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 Yeah. Zook. You don't have to be, or a West Coast swing dancer. It literally is like, here's, here's the positions. You don't have to break yourself to do it. And we've got Tickle My Tush. I'm assuming that's a little tushy ride. Yeah, all about butt play. And butt play. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. We both have a sprajna zone on the backside. So it's whoever's butt is receiving. Love that. Love a little butt play. Love that. And then Undercover Clitoris. The Mystery of the Undercover Clitoris, which is my first book that's specifically for men to read on oh. how to touch a clitoris and vulva. So it doesn't go into fingering or penetration or oral. It's really just square one. How do you touch a pussy? I love it. About lubrication, how how fast or slow or how much pressure should you put? And one tip I always give for the male listeners out there when I say touch her gently to start, when I say gentle, I imagine if you had an eyelash in your eye and you know, and you pull your lid, bottom lid down and you're with your fingertip, you're rubbing your eyeball to get that eyelash out. That's how soft and gentle you want to touch her at first. I mean, mm-hmm. all women are different. So some will like it faster or harder or slower. So you'll want to find that out. But as a baseline to start, always be very gentle, like you're touching your eyeball, getting a eyelash out and guys that oh that's soft yes okay so we gave a that for the men but let's talk about tickle is pickle what's the one thing you would say to women about tickling a pickle uh incorporate your hands even during a blowjob it it just adds so much more fun and stimulation make sure there's lots of wetness whether it's from your saliva and or incorporating some lube or you can even have him give you some of his saliva. They like that because they're visual and they will gladly sit down there for you <laughs> and help you out. Um, and learn some new techniques from Tickle His Pickle because when you feel empowered, like, hey, I'm going to try the double twister and there's illustrations that show me how and there's little captions and bullet points that gave me the tips that I really needed to know. Be uninhibited and explore because guys, you don't have to be perfect at what you do. They just want to know that you're enjoying doing whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. So great. So good. Oh, so great to have you on. I'm just like, I could uh, talk to you for hours. Me too. You guys are awesome. I loved Thank it. You. Yeah. It's been so good. So I want to give a plug now. So we have, so we want people to go to ticklekitty.com if they want to get toys or the books. 
And then we want them to go to golovecbd.com if they want to get that the best lube in the world from you. And they should use the code PillowTalk if they want to get a 15% discount. And I highly recommend that everyone do it. You should run right now to your computer and do it. Do it now. <laughs> Operators are standing by. Well, and and I just want to remind everybody to please, you know, like this show if you liked it, share it with your friends. Uh, please subscribe. Just go right now, hit that subscribe button, show your friends how to subscribe. Just like point your phone at them and be like, you should listen to this. And especially this particular show, I think is a great show to kind of kick off our next season. That's a wrap on another inspiring episode of Power Suits and Pillow Talk. We hope that our conversations continue to enlighten and encourage you on your journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Remember, there aren't any limits to what you can achieve, be it in your career or your personal life. I'm Jen Koken, and my amazing co-host is Lori Handlers, reminding you to keep smashing those ceilings and debunking those taboos. Until next time, keep dominating the boardroom and owning and taking up space in the bedroom. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.